At the beginning of the 20th century, the Santa Fe Railroad began ferry service between Point Richmond and San Francisco. An area of shallow water between Angel Island and the eastern shore of the bay, known as Southampton Shoal, posed a hazard to these ferries because they passed close, sometimes dangerously close to its south end. Because of this threat, especially during the frequent foggy periods, the Santa Fe Railroad asked the Lighthouse Board to construct a lighthouse on the southern end of the shoal. The Lighthouse Board recognized the benefit of such a light not only to the Santa Fe Railroad ferries, but to all traffic heading to the shipyard at Mare Island and the ports further east on the Sacramento River. The board petitioned for the construction of a light station, and Congress was quick to grant the $30,000 request. When the Southampton Shoal Light was completed in 1905, one more beacon was added to the chain of lights guiding ships safely through San Francisco Bay. Hello and welcome to the Portside Report, a weekly update for San Francisco Bay Mariners. I'm Brian Klein. This week I'm featuring an article written for the Bay Crossings paper by Captain Ray Wichman. Ray is a U.S. Sailing Certified Ocean Passage Making Instructor, a U.S. Sailing Instructor Trainer, and a member of U.S. Sailing's National Faculty. He holds a 100-ton master's license and was a charter skipper in Hawaii for 15 years. He has sailed both coasts of the United States as well as Mexico, the Caribbean, Greece, and Croatia. He is presently employed as the Master Instructor at OCSE Sailing in the Berkeley Marina, and I'm honored to consider him a friend, colleague, and mentor. A beautiful three-story white Victorian building, affectionately known as the House on the Bay, was constructed on the site of Southampton Shoal. The lowest floor housed storage and workshops, and provided access to the davits supporting the station's boat. The two upper floors were divided into two apartments for the keepers and their families, with the living quarters on the second floor and the bedrooms on the third. The lower two floors had balconies that entirely surrounded the building. The red roof, punctuated by dormers for the bedroom windows, tapered upwards from all four sides to a tower that housed the light and the fog signal. The station's roof was designed to catch rainwater for the station, although keeping the water from being soiled by seagull droppings was an ongoing problem. The foundation for the light station consisted of a series of 11 steel cylinders driven into the mud of the shoal. Within a few months of completing the station, however, erosion threatened the foundation of the structure. To combat this, several tons of rocks were dumped around the base of the cylinders. But a much greater threat to the station happened within that first year, the Great 1906 Earthquake. Following the trembler, some of the foundation cylinders tilted as much as 11 degrees to the east. After re-leveling the structure, the cylinders were filled with concrete and more rocks were added to support them. In 1939, the lighthouse service was discontinued and the U.S. Coast Guard took over the management of all lighthouses. As part of the Coast Guard's ongoing process of automating lights, it decided in 1960 that a manned station was no longer needed at Southampton Shoal Light. Recognizing the historical and architectural value of the lighthouse, the St. Francis Yacht Club purchased the building. The club arranged for the top two stories to be lifted off the station by a couple of very large cranes and placed on a barge. The living quarters of the station were then transported to Tinsley Island, a small island in the Delta also owned by the St. Francis Yacht Club. The repurposed lightkeeper quarters now serve as a clubhouse for the club's members and guests. The remainder of the building was demolished and replaced with a concrete platform. The light, red, three seconds on, three seconds off, is still displayed, now from a small pole on that platform. Unfortunately for the aesthetics of San Francisco Bay, the current structure is a long, long way from the elegant Victorian that once stood there. If your route takes you east of Angel Island, you'll pass close by. Take a look and decide for yourself. 
Hey, do you have a fascinating bit of history about San Francisco Bay or have a request for something I could cover in this podcast? Let me know by sending a message to ahoy at portsidereport.com. And if you enjoy this podcast, there's simply no bigger compliment or encouragement than to leave a review in iTunes or your podcast store of choice and share it with a friend. This really does keep me producing these shows each week. And now to this week's Local Notice to Mariners. This edition is going to be excerpted from the District 11 Local Notice to Mariners, Week 16 of 2019, and it's restricted San Francisco's North, Central, and South Bays. For now, it does not include the Delta or Rivers. This reading is intended to give you a very general overview of the week's updates without the distraction of excessive detail, but always refer to the official Local Notice to Mariners for the most accurate and complete information. If this is your first time listening, I'm just going to be grazing over each of the items that are relevant to the areas I mentioned. And if you operate in those areas, you want more information, you just go to Local Notice to Mariners and get all the details. And now for this week's new items, of which there is only one, and that is not technically inside the bay, but it's close enough. The Mile Rocks light uh, will have a temporarily reduced intensity of five nautical miles until further notice. That is it for the new items. So now we're going into the carryovers. So if you've listened last week, then you're all caught up. And you can skip ahead to the end of the podcast if you want to hear the nautical word of the week. Otherwise, I'll see you next week. Here comes the carryovers. From Section 1, Special Notices, if you want to submit information to the Local Notice to Mariners, you can do so. You can find a complete set of guidelines and examples at pacificarea.uscg.mil. Just search for LNM. Or send an email to d11lnm at uscg.mil. Next item is about bridge information for all bridge-related issues about Lighting, operation, obstructions, construction, demolition, etc. You're going to want to contact the 11th Coast Guard District Bridge Administrator. Now, the next item is regarding specifically the Benicia Martinez Union Pacific Railroad Bridge over the Carquinez Strait. You should, if you need a lift there, then follow the protocol in the document titled Coordination of Communications for Union Pacific Railroad Lift Operations. And you can download that document at pacificarea.uscg.mil slash vtssf. Next item is called Caution to be Used in Reliance Upon Aids to Navigation. It is a long one, but one sentence in here I think pretty much sums it up. Prudent mariners will not rely solely on any single aid to navigation, particularly a floating aid. Next item is called Marine Safety Information Bulletin. And this one's regarding the high-intensity work lights often found in commercial fishing vessels. The point here is those lights can obstruct a, another vessel's ability to see your navigation lights. Uh, so don't use them in or near San Francisco Bay. Down into Section 2, the discrepancy section, Oakland Outer Harbor Lights 7 and 9 are both structurally damaged or missing, respectively, and both have been temporarily replaced with lighted buoys. Redwood Creek Entrance Lights 2 and 13 have been structurally destroyed or damaged, respectively, and temporarily replaced with lighted buoys. Richardson Bay Day Beacon 9, structurally damaged, San Francisco-Oakland Bay Bridge Pier Alpha, fog signal is inoperable. Bay Farm Islands Lights 1 and 3 are both extinguished. Southampton Shoal Outfall Lighted Buoy 1, is extinguished and Raycor is inoperable. San Rafael Rock Quarry Mooring Buoy Charlie is missing. That takes us out of Section 2 and into Section 7, the general section. First item is called NOAA Electronic Navigational Chart. And the point of this one is basically that the electronic navigational charts will be updated more frequently and will contain more accurate information than the raster navigational charts or the paper charts. Up at the Benicia Martinez Highway Bridges, Caltrans will be conducting dive operations at various piers from the 22nd to the 25th of April. Over at the Cordomadera Creek, the Bonaire Road Bridge is being replaced, and there are no dates for that, just uh, 0700 through 1800, Monday through Saturday. Mare Island Dry Dock 
is conducting maintenance dredging at the shipyard until the 30th of April. Over at Pinole Shoal, there is some shoaling on the south side of the channel. It's just reduced the deep draft to 32 feet 9 inches. Over at the Corinthian Yacht Club in Tiburon, they'll be sponsoring a boat parade involving 400 participants along the Raccoon Straits from 1,000 to 1,300 on April 28th. There'll be a, restrict, a regulated navigational area in effect during that time. Hopping over to the Golden Gate Bridge, their four 54-foot temporary underdeck platforms are still moving back and forth underneath the bridge roadway. It reduces the clearance of the bridge by no more than 14 feet. From the Golden Gate Bridge, we go over to the San Francisco City Front, just off the San Francisco Yacht Club there. SailGP was, is deploying uh, six buoys for the F-50 yacht races, and they will remain on scene from the 29th of April until the 7th of May. 30-inch yellow buoys with flashing amber-like characteristics. Also deploying another six buoys for the same purposes off the Alameda Estuary, or in the vicinity of the Alameda Estuary, until May 9th. Across the bay now to the 3rd Street Drawbridge, the draw span will be secured in the closed navigation position for rehabilitation. Now going back to Southampton Shoal, there are some deteriorating concrete pilings above and below the waterline in that vicinity. Back down south of the Bay Bridge again, Dutrick Construction Company is doing some marine construction at the Crane Cove Park. They'll be doing that 24-7 until, sorry, from June 1st until September 16. Up at the San Rafael Yacht Harbor, they are replacing, they're de demolishing and replacing the floating breakwater. And that'll be going on from June 15th until July 15th. And we have another boat parade, this one with 150 participants, and this will be along the San Francisco waterfront. This will be from 1,200 to 1,500 hours on April 28th. This next item takes us into the Oakland Inner Harbor South Channel in the East Passage through the Fruitvale Ave Bridge. Shoaling has been reported. And other shoaling has report, been reported east of the Petaluma River entrance channel day beacon number three it's been uh, as shallow as six inches up to 15 yards east of the aid down to a lighted whistle buoy number two in san francisco main ship channel it's transmitting an improper signal ais signal down to bay farm island at the bay farm island highway bridge the south side lower slat on the fender system is missing and back to the north bay transbay cable llc owns and operates a charted submarine cable that experiences intermittent exposures in san pablo bay and also in this, that area, there are some submerged piles partially exposed ab above the sediment surface, just south of Penolshul Channel along the 30-foot contour. And that's it for this week's carryovers from the local notes to Mariners. And right into this week's nautical word of the week, which is pipe down definition of pipe down is to stop talking or making noise and it comes from when aboard a ship a botswain's pipe or whistle would be used to summon a crew or to relay orders the sounding of this instrument is referred to as piping and a crew would be piped to a meal for example to dismiss the crew the botswain's pipe is sounded and the command pipe down is given because it got much quieter after the dismissal the command became associated with quieting down or making less noise now, if there's something you would like to be included in this weekly podcast, from happenings on the bay to broadening the scope of the areas covered here, to a story that deserves to be told, I would love to hear from you. Send me an email at ahoy at portsidereport.com. Now, if you enjoyed this podcast and you'd listen again next week, please leave me a review in iTunes or your podcast store of choice. It truly is a tremendous source of encouragement. This has been the Portside Report, a weekly update for San Francisco Bay Mariners. 
Please subscribe and listen again next Thursday or Friday for the latest local information in marvelous Mariner Minutia. Until then, fair winds and following seas.